Welcome to the Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast. On each and every episode, Brian talks with coaches, athletes, and performers in all arenas who are putting into practice the principles of peak performance that will help you close the gap from where you are to where you want to be, to help you become a master of the mental game, and to help you start dominating the day. Hey, how you doing? This is Brian Kane, your Peak Performance Coach with another Peak Performance Podcast. And today our guest is Seth Appert. He's the head men's ice hockey coach at Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, better known as RPI, in Troy, New York. Apps, appreciate you making time to sit down and talk with us about the mental game of ice hockey, my man. Would you get our listeners real quick, kind of caught up into a brief snapshot of your playing career at Ferris, then coaching career through Denver, and how you got to where you are now as the head men's ice hockey coach at RPI? Kaner, great to be on with you. Um, I grew up in Minnesota. I uh, was fortunate to have the opportunity to play Division One hockey at Ferris State uh, under Bob Daniels. Uh, enjoyed my career there and, and helped start a good tradition of success at, at Ferris State University. Uh, I coached there for one year after my time was done playing. Uh, then I went on to the University of Denver as an assistant coach. I worked under George Gwazdecki, one of the best coaches in all of college hockey, for nine years fortunate enough to win two national championships uh, with some great young men at Denver and then I've been out at RPI for nine years since then uh, got us back to the national tournament and, and looking to hang another cha- national championship banner in the Houston field house. You know, talk a little bit if you would maybe go back to those two NCAA championship teams that you were a part of as an assistant at Denver. Was there something that was different about those two teams than maybe the other seven at Denver that didn't win the national championship? I think the the biggest difference, and I'll say, I'll put three teams in there. There was a third team in there that that did not win the national title. Uh, that was the 2001-2002 team at Denver, uh, captained by my now assistant coach Brian Vines, and uh, that that team had a real will to do things the right way, to have a great attention to detail, uh, very few days off. Um, in hockey, it's funny that. Uh, it comes down to one game, and, and a lot of times uh, it's not the best team that wins, but it's the team that plays best that wins on that particular night, especially come national tournament time. And I think that played out in, in 02. I thought we were the best team. We did not play the best against Michigan uh, in the region championship game. Where in 2004, I, I think that our team had a, a real – ability to play the best in big moments even though we were not the best team Uh, we were not a top five top ten team consistently all year we had ups and downs uh, but the team had a real belief in itself a real togetherness and a real ability to seize big moments and to play our best uh, when the lights were the brightest and, and when the pressure was the highest and uh, we definitely that year uh, played the best in big games, even though we might not have been the best. Uh, the year after, in 2005, that, that team, once we got over a national championship hangover in the first 10 games, that team was just a team on a mission. Uh, all year long, from about the 10-game mark to the 42 or 43-game mark in the national championship, uh, there wasn't another night off, and it was just a... A machine of consistency and, and going out and uh, completely dismantling uh, teams that we played against by, by 
real commitment to the way we needed to play. You talk about being a machine of consistency apps. How much does the mental game factor into that consistency on the ice night to night? I think it's a huge element. Uh, the mental game is, is uh, critically important. Uh, I don't think it was something that we attacked uh, the right way always uh, back 10 years ago. Uh, I think it's uh, something that has uh, come more to the forefront and become more important as everybody is looking to gain an edge and and find a way to be the best that they can be and gain an edge on their competition. So, uh, but it, but it is uh, whether or not we were doing it and we knew we were doing it or not, um, we were doing it, and, and now it's just a little bit more structured. But uh, the mental game is very important. I think it's uh, it's so important uh, to be able to uh, take what you did in that shift good bad and different and, and then move past it and having a next shift mentality for a goalie having a next save mentality um it, it, i like in the goaltending position to the position of cornerback in football where uh you, you're on an island and you can't you have to have a real short memory and you can't be worried that you just got beat by the deep ball as a corner and as a goalie you can't be worried that you just let one in and be dwelling on that uh you know, we try to get our guys to have that mindset of we'll learn from our mistakes the next day on video. When we're in the moments, move on to the next play. Move on to the next save. When you come back after your shift, you have your process to release and then get on to the next shift. Uh, and that's no different day to day. Learn from your mistakes and then move forward. Live in the present. Stop living in the past. You know, Abs, I'm hearing you when you're talking about the mental game, talk about the one shift at a time, having a process to be able to release the last shift and, and kind of refocus on that next one as a true one-shift warrior. What else are the critical components of the mental game, in your opinion? I think it's consistency and routine and, 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 and gaining confidence through structure and discipline. Uh, do you have that, that discipline to how you go about your daily business and when uh, maximizing your time and, and uh, taking advantage of your 168 hours for your training, for your schoolwork, for your sleep, um, doing your mental imagery, listening to your mental imagery, going through your keys to success as an individual player and as a team. And what that does, I believe, is that you, what you want to do as an athlete is you want to walk out on Friday night and hit that ice at 7 o'clock with nothing clouding your head and and the mental game and having that structure and consistency to how you go about your business gives you a lot of confidence that you've prepared properly and when you've prepared properly that frees your mind to allow you to go compete and play at your highest level and when you haven't if you haven't taken care of those things through the week uh, even though you want to uh act big and 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 have that belief in yourself, there's those lingering doubts in your mind uh, if you haven't done things the right way. And so I think it's a gaining a confidence through consistency, through routine, and through preparation. You know, and it's Russell Wilson, the quarterback for the Seahawks, who uh, last night they, they, they won a big game. Uh, he talked about how separation is in preparation. And I think one of the things that when I was at RPI working with you guys and noticed how prepared your guys were with their time management, how prepared they were with having a routine of when they walk in the locker room and they go in their dry stall and how they change out of their street clothes and leave their student student self in there because RPI being a very academic school, 
um, you know, leaving leaving their student self in that dry room or dry stall, and then kind of changing into the ultimate hockey player and having a routine that they can describe uh, as they go through that, and having a you know whether it's a mental imagery audio that's on their phone that they use to help visualize their success because we know that everything happens twice, right? First in your mind, then in reality, and then going out there with their key ABCs when they get on the ice so that they have a specific focus for that day. Could you talk a little bit about those mental keys to success or the ABCs? Yeah, you know, when you're heading on the ice as an individual, and this is something that you've really helped our guys gain the structure with, um, it, it's very important. It's, it's so easy as a college student athlete to all of a sudden go through two weeks of practice and realize that, man, I, I, I don't know what I've really accomplished uh, because they're busy, right? And they're going to class all day. And, and they're, they have homework on their mind and they have other uh, uh, distractions on their mind. And, and when you walk into the rink and you head into the dry room and you, and you leave the Boy Scout behind uh, and, and the good students and, and the good uh, role model on our campus and, and you change into you know beast mode, attack mode, hockey player mode, uh, that, that's important to get your mind in a place where you're reminding yourself when you're heading on the ice what you want to accomplish. These are the things that I do well. These are the things when I'm playing my best hockey, I'm doing these one or two or three things. And I'm going to remind myself of that. I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to say those things to myself. So when I head on the ice at practice, I already have a mindset of how I'm going to attack that day versus just going out there and, and be thinking about the exam you just took and, and being distracted and just getting through the day. Um, it's really investing time versus spending time. We're going to spend a lot of time together. We better invest it wisely. You know, I, I love that mindset, apps, about the difference between spending time and investing time. And I, and I know one of the things that you talk about a lot uh, just following, reading different interviews and, and having spent the time with you that I have is you talk a lot about the engineer way and setting a set of core values and a motto for your program. Could you talk a little bit about what is the engineer way and the importance of how you use that in your program? Yeah, you know, the engineer way is, is a, uh, it's all encompassing. And, and I think when I was younger, I, I had it a little bit too focused just on our play. Um, and, and we've tweaked it and as with all things, right, you want to evolve and, and you want to get better. And, and we want to every year as a staff and as a program and with our players. And, and so now it's, it's really all encompassing hockey, life, how we represent the program. You know, we take great pride here at RPI that they've been playing hockey for over 114 years here. Uh, and it's special. And, and this program is on our watch right now. Our alums, our, our president, our vice presidents, our board of trustees, they, they've given this program to our 27 young men and our staff. And it's on our watch to make sure we're doing right by it. And uh, we take that seriously and we talk about that. And So we have our four core values uh, uh, and we have themes each day. So, you know, uh, the first core value is passion. Uh, so we have we call it Passion Monday, and I'm a believer. Uh, I want our teams to play with passion, to play with energy, to play with life, uh, and, and to really feel that when when fans uh, or opponents walk away from playing or watching the engineers, uh, I want them to feel how much passion that this team plays with. Uh, the second, the core value that we have is family. 
Uh, we talk about being the RPI hockey family, and this is not not just going to be your home for four years. It's going to be your second home for the rest of your life if you treat it right. Uh, so let's treat it right when you're here. Uh, let's leave a legacy for future family members of RPI to follow from behind, and then they can build off. And, and we talk about that all the time. Our third uh, core value is competitiveness. Uh, competitiveness wins in life. Uh, not just in hockey, not just in athletics. Competitiveness wins in life. Uh, this is something that you know I want to embed into my daughters, uh, just like I want to embed into our student athletes. That whatever they're putting their name on, whatever they have their name on, deserves their very best. Um, and so everything we do, whether it's a uh, practice, whether it's in the weight room, whether it's in the classroom, we want to compete at the highest level to try to be the best and to try to win at things. And you're kidding yourself in life if you're always not uh, measuring yourself and, and trying to compete with the very best. Uh, and, and that's a real important asset in life. And then our, our fourth core value is, is gratitude. And I think it's, uh, that's, that's some, somewhat of a newer one for us. Um, and I think it's an important one um, that, that you really uh, take stock uh, daily of how fortunate and grateful you are for the things you have in your life uh and, and that compared to what mentality you know is it is it practice is hard today is it is it really you know tough today to feel sorry for yourself uh, because practice was too hard or coach was yelling at you or school was hard that day you know come on guys we're we're at one of the best universities in the world you're getting a world-class education you get to play for a hockey program that has national championships and NHL players and all of these things and uh, I think it's very important uh, when you're feeling down and you're feeling sorry for yourself that you take stock of that and you have an attitude of gratitude because when you do that it's very hard to be selfish it's very hard to be negative if you have a grateful mentality love it love it and I think that having the core values in that championship culture for your program you know, sets sets the standard for behavior. It sets the standard for expectation, and it sets the standard for who these young men have to be to give themselves and the program the best chance for success. And you know, as a head coach, apps, and if any head coach is listening to this, the players that you lead need a model to see as much as they need a motto to say. So they need to see, you know, you and your staff be that model of passion, of family, of competitiveness, of gratitude, and of taking that accountability and responsibility for bringing RPI hockey to where you want it to go because it's on your your watch and you've been trusted, you know, with the faith of the program to bring it where it wants to go and that that's a great uh that's a great responsibility um what are the things that you do to keep yourself as a head coach we've talked a lot about kind of the program and the players in the mental game what are the things that you do apps to sharpen your axe as a head coach and keep you working on your mental game so that you can show up and be your best every day and lead your men well i think uh first of all is is having uh uh, balance without spreading yourself thin. Um, I, I'm not a believer that you can do everything in life. Uh, you can't. Uh, you can only be trying. To, you can only really be great at a few things if you're really dialed in and you want to be great. And you know, so I want to try to be a, a great husband, uh, a great father, and, and a great leader of our men in this program. And uh, that doesn't mean I don't want to be a great son and, and brother, etc. But uh, those are the things I focus on, and, and I don't. 
I don't play in a golf league and I don't, uh, I don't play in men's league hockey and things like that. Uh, um, where, where I try to, uh, gain some balances with my family, uh, spending time with my daughters. Uh, and then when I, what I try to do to sharpen my mental game, uh, is make sure, uh, that when I walk down, I t- uh, we challenge our players, as, as you've in- uh, taught us, to when they come through the doors, uh, to put their distractions aside. And so now I have to live that as well. Uh, there's a lot of distractions as a head coach. You have recruiting, you have media, you have public speaking, you have alumni relations. Uh, you're, you, you're being pulled in many different directions as a college head coach. You're, you're wearing 10 hats, not one, like you might be in pro. And so when I go down and I leave my office and head down for practice, uh, I try to get down there early every day um, so I can see our men. Uh, but I also try to go down early so I can put all the things that I've just had thrown on my plate in that day away and get locked in uh, to help our men get better and, and, and be one-shift warriors. I also make sure that I have time uh, for, for exercise. I like to run. Uh, running for me is a is a great release. It clears my mind, and it allows me to put some of the stuff away and, and get locked in on hockey and on our guys. And I try to make sure that I have time for that every day. Um, I also on game day now listen to mental imagery uh, and audio. Um, I do that on my runs as well uh, on game day, but also have an eight minute mental imagery audio that I have uh, to get myself. Uh, in the right frame of mind uh, about 4.30 in the afternoon uh, before our 5.30 meeting. Uh, So I'm making sure that I am uh, setting the right example for our men. Love it. And and, and I love how specifically you can say at 4.30 you're going on a run, you've got an audio you listen to, you're going through mental imagery, you clearly have a plan and a method to what you do to get yourself ready to go so you can show up and be the best that you can be for your players. Apps. I'm sorry. Yes. Go, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Yep. Any, any. I know. I know you're. You're. You've given some phenomenal, phenomenal strategies for for the coaches and players that are listening to this. If there was one, if you could go back, knowing what you know now, having been a Division One college ice hockey coach and assistant coach for 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 the years that you've done it, if you could go back and grab. Seth Appert, the college ice hockey player at Ferris State, and sit him down and say, look, bro, this is what I know now. I wish I knew when I was still playing. What would you say to that guy? I wish I would have known when I was still playing. Yeah. Uh, take more confidence from my preparation. Uh, that is something as a player I think sometimes uh, uh, I, I know I was this way, uh, that uh, I think players sometimes take confidence from from false things, from uh, talent, uh, from skill, from uh, their statistics, um, and uh, I was a I was a worker. Um, I, I was never afraid to uh, try to outwork people, and I, I had a great process for how I went about my business every day. I just don't think I took enough confidence uh, from that uh, into Friday and Saturday nights, and so. Um, you know, if the save percent, I was a goaltender, so if the last game wasn't as good as I wanted it to be or the save percentage didn't look proper, uh, that had a chance to uh, sink into my head a little bit and, and uh, play tricks on me. Um, and I definitely would take more confidence from my preparation and, and believe uh, more in what I did because I, I went about it in the right way. Love it. Uh, that's fantastic. 
and apps for the coaches or players listening to this, if they want to be able to follow you uh, or get in contact with you about maybe coming to RPI for a hockey camp or having you come and speak at a clinic that they're putting on or just want to be able to follow and get some of the things you're putting out on social media, what's the best way for people to kind of stay in contact and follow some of the excellence that you're putting out there? Uh, well, certainly anybody can email me at any time. I, I, I answer, I try to answer everybody's emails, and it's it's uh, appers a p p e r s at rpi dot edu, uh, and uh, whether that's uh, our fans, uh, alumni, uh, other coaches, aspiring coaches, uh, whatever that is, and then uh, I'm also on Twitter, and it's just simply at Seth Appert. Um, and that that's my Twitter account. Um, I don't do I don't do Instagram and some of those other things. Uh, uh, but I do I do uh, I do spend some time on Twitter. Awesome. Well, Apps, appreciate you making time for us, man, and sharing your insight into the mental game. And best to you and the engineers, one shift at a time, my man. Thanks, Kaner. Great to be on with you. Today's podcast is sponsored by Potential Apparel. Potential Apparel is on a mission to inspire athletes to reach their true potential. If you're serious about reaching yours, then you have to go check them out. They make awesome clothing for dedicated and committed athletes. I'm a huge supporter of what they're doing, and that's why I wear their clothing with pride. Make a statement and join the movement today at PotentialApparel.com. Be sure you use promo code Brian Kane with a space between Brian and Kane for 15% off on your first order. Dominate the day with Potential Apparel. Thanks for listening to the Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast. Please make sure that you visit briancain.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-C-A-I-N.com and sign up for my Monday message where every Monday I deliver straight to your inbox videos, interviews, articles, Tips, techniques, and strategies that you can use to master the mental game. You can also contact me through my website on our Contact Us page and see my calendar of where I'm going to be in the country and when I'm coming to your area so that we can get together and that we can continue to go out there and dominate the day. This is a production of Corn Belt Sports. The Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast is part of the Top Coach Network.